Um, and welcome to Talk Pop C. Our topic for today is art as cognition. My name is Carolina Flores, and I'm the resident philosopher. And I'm speaking with. My name is Will. I'm a philosophy student, and I came here to speak about certain topic. If uh, you, huh. if, if you allow me to. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, this is great. You're making my work, my job easier. Go ahead. <laughs> um, Professor Schottenkirk and I had a very interesting conversation last year. And uh, she wanted me to speak about it. It's um, a topic of the plight of art under a dictatorship. Ah. The thing is, I'm Russian, so uh -huh. I have an extensive Russian background. I came Did here. Did you grow up in Russia? Yes, I came here just two or three years ago. Okay, time, time flies. Uh, three years ago. To go to college? Uh, and live here forever because it's a free country, uh -huh. and uh, I love being gotcha. free. So my twenty-minute thesis yes. is. Um, that um, dictatorship destroys any creativity, and uh -huh. uh, art is uh, as a is a very sensitive thing, which first signalizes about changes in society. Mm. Can tell a lot about that, and um, I would like to speak about Russian art a bit, in in the sense that um, dictatorship turned art in Russia into a stale and stagnant quagmire. So it's complete absence of originality. Um, very simple pieces of art. You cannot see anything anything extraordinary, like some something you want to say wow to. Mm -hmm. and, and when do you think that started? Or what do you have like a narrative to offer? I think it started a hundred years ago when the Soviet ago. Union was formed. But a lot of people think there was excellent Soviet art. It It is excellent art in terms of its style. It's unique because mm -hmm. Russia has always been a quite isolated country, especially during the Soviet Union yes. period. So we, they... Sorry. <laughs> they they really developed a unique style which you do not we will not see anywhere else. Yeah. But it's very simplistic. Uh, it has very certain cons uh, not very heavily conceptual content. It just regularly it just posters calling people to harvest corn or to do their dishes <laughs> uh, to care about their children and etc. So it's unique but not uh, outstanding. So it sounds to me like some of what you're interested in is um, ideas of art and individuality. So that it seems like your criticism of this, like, you know, very aesthetically distinctive Soviet art is in part it's non individual, it's just, and in part it is that the messages it conveys are simplistic propaganda, basically. Yes, absolutely. It was used uh, primarily for yeah. propaganda. Would it purposes. make, would it be, um, well, trying to get at what the real problem in your eyes is. So there's a few things. What if it was like propagandistic art, but conveying sort of a very complicated ideology, not harvest corn? And what if the artist producing it was doing it in a very individualist sense? Oh, that would be great. But I think it's contradiction in terms. Uh -huh, say just, some more. It's just an impossible thing to have under a dictatorship because when you are forbidden to speak about certain things, mm -hmm. certain things. You eventually stop thinking them. Mm -hmm. And that uh, means uh, that you cannot express them in yeah. your art. So, for example, we... Um, I, I think we know some Russian artists uh, and writers who created a lot of good works. Mm -hmm. They all have been published post 
Posthumously after they yeah, died. Yeah, posthumously. But they all um, were created before Soviet Union or mm. during Soviet mm. Union very secretly. And, and yeah, I think when you cannot speak about things, you you do not think them. That's interesting. So there's two costs to art in a dictatorship. One is the direct cost of you can't produce certain pieces. And the other is that once you can't produce certain things, you stop being able to think them. And so you lose the ability to do it. So like, yeah. even if you could, you no longer like, yeah, you, you've lost that ability. Because yeah. I think that by, by, by the means of verbal expression, um, your thoughts have a chance to to get an embodiment to con uh, to concretize themselves because when you think them I, I think you would agree with me that if you write something that you think it will uh, it will get that some special special form of uh, clarity to you because if you just think s certain things or for example if you learn something and then you explain it to someone else yeah. it becomes even more clearer to yeah. you yeah so if you cannot do that, mm -hmm. your thoughts just evaporate. And also, Soviet, in, in the Soviet Union, people had really hard lives. Yeah. And uh, they just didn't have time to think about sublime things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you could have, yeah. I mean, they might not even have had time to like think about ordinary things in an artistic way, you know? Like, it's too hard if you're just trying to survive. Do you think that these costs of sort of um, no longer not being able to think certain thoughts, um, do you think they then last on so even that even after dictatorship ends, people still, you know, struggle to make good art? Or do you think that we get those abilities back pretty easily once we're in a, like, more free society? Oh, that's a very good question. I think it depends, because once the Soviet Union collapsed, Russians had a great waves of the Western cultures coming into mm -hmm, Russia, mm -hmm. but there was it was such a short period period of time until Putin took over and uh, yes. destroyed everything once again. again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think once dictatorship has been destroyed, I think people very quickly start catch up uh, things and they start doing real art. Because they are now free, they are now free to do anything they want, anything they speak, any, mm -hmm, any, mm -hmm. anything they want, and that's great. Uh, and provided they use their reason um, properly, they will mm -hmm, create a lot mm -hmm. of good art things. But uh, speaking of Russia, now what we have in Russia, it's not Soviet real, re realism mm -hmm. anymore. No, not that unique style. What Russia does now is just copies mm. the works of the Western culture. Really, that seems worse because it's not even worse. distinctive. Absolutely. We copy everything from uh, from the United States, mm. mostly from the United States. For yes. example, uh, the same TV shows, the same movies, even mm. books. You you know that we had an alternative to Harry Potter. Do you, do you know what it's called? Really? It's called Pori Gutter. It's, Wait, and it's oh wow! It's almost similar to to, to Harry that's Potter. That's really funny. <laughs> that's that, that, that's such a shame, actually. But but yeah, now what I've seen, of, of course, there are some examples of uh, outstanding individualistic sure. works, but there are so few of them, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna need to um, wrap up, unfortunately. But I'd, let's just try to like summarize. So key thesis is. Um, we can't produce good art under a dictatorship. Um, the reason seems to be something like 
good art requires sort of like individual, creative, free thinking. Um, and that requires us to be able to like articulate and discuss our views and express them freely. If we don't, we, well, first it's like we can't produce artworks that are, you know, original in certain ways, but also we stop being able to have original thoughts. And then at that point, there's no chance of producing kind of interesting art. You and got it. in particular, in the case of Russia, we had kind of two stages that were um, both lacking. Um, one of them was kind of the earlier like Soviet stage um, where there was kind of like generic, distinctive propagandistic art. And more recently, we just have kind of Western imperialism and like copies of Western stuff, both ways of lacking in individuality and creativity. Thank you. You, right. you put it in a way better way than I. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you.